Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Lombardi Line on a Sunday as we welcome you in, presented by BetMGM. Of course, he is Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. And we're going to start in a special way, Michael Lombardi, as we say good morning. We saw Rich Gannon, former league MVP. We saw him floating around Radio Row there in Phoenix, but yeah. we couldn't. He was so popular, we couldn't catch yeah. him. So we thought we'd open the show on a Sunday with, of course, Rich Gannon. Hi, Rich. How are you? Good morning. Guys, I'm doing great. And that's exactly right. What I was doing was floating around. And I ran into my guy, <laughs> Michael Lombardi. So I almost was late for my own radio show. But it's great to see everyone in, in, in uh, I'm sorry, in Phoenix. And by the way, what a great game. I mean, you know, you hate to see someone lose that game. But that's about as good a Super Bowl as we've had in a while. I agree, Rich. It was great. It was back and forth. And how impressed were you, having played the position, one MVP in the league, the development of Hurts? Like, I've been way wrong on I thought Hurts' lack of anticipation and accuracy wasn't going to improve. And I thought that was his finest hour on, on, that sun, on last Sunday. Michael, I agree. You know, I just think you look at his improvement from – really year two to year three, I, you know, his first year, he only played in, I think, five games. But I think, you know, my concern last year was, was the same concern that you had, just in terms of his ability to function from the pocket, you know, to make the big throws, to be able to function on third down versus different looks and fronts and coverages and pressures. I thought he really took the next step. I mean, I think he threw the ball really well this year. I think the addition of A.J. Brown really helped. I mean, they've got a great offensive line and running game. And so I just think he really matured as a quarterback. I think he's, you talk to people within the organization, his ability to take ownership and leadership of that, of that program has just been impressive. And I just think, you know, he's evolved into a really good quarterback. I mean, we knew about his athleticism and his ability to create and manufacture plays with his legs, but man, he really took the next step in terms of his ability to sit in there and really function as a pocket passer. And that Mahomes guy was pretty good. We'll just gloss over Mahomes as he wins another <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. He's just unbelievable. Rich Gannon here to start the show on a Sunday edition of the Lombardi Line. Rich, I don't know if you've if you've had an opportunity to text Aaron Rodgers because I don't think he has cell service in the cave. But I do want to ask you about him potentially moving to another team at 39. You've moved teams in your 18-year career. Uh, do you think Rodgers still has juice if he were to head to the Jets do you think he's still the same player? Well, there's no question he still has, you know, he still has juice. I mean, I think you watched him last year, you know, obviously a disappointing year. I think there's a lot of, I think I always say so much of what happens at the quarterback position is impacted by what's going on around him. You know, the offensive line had some injuries at a really young, inexperienced receiving core. I think he lacked, he, he didn't trust what was going on around him. I think it had a, an effect on how he performed. I, I think even when he moved outside the pocket, you know, he, he was historically one of the best in the business at finding the big play down the field. And that just, just didn't happen last year. I think a big reason why is the scramble drill was a disaster. Receivers didn't do a really good job of coming back and, and, and participating and, and understanding that whole process. And I think that, that affected him. So 
Look, I think when you watch him physically, can he still whip it around and throw the football? There's no question. Can he still move and protect himself and, and buy some time? There's no question. But, you know, I think with a 39-year-old quarterback and, and, and this guy in particular, that there comes some baggage. The question is, is how much baggage do you want to take on? And Michael can speak to that better than anybody. I mean, you, you know, you, you've got this, you're trying to create a culture and environment. You've got a guy that wants to come in and he maybe wants to do some things differently. And, and that's going to be, I think, the biggest challenge. It's almost like Brett Favre. You know, when Favre went to the Jets, they had to change a lot of things. When he went to Minnesota, they had, they had to really adapt. Everyone had to adapt around the quarterback, and I think that's going to be very interesting to see if, in fact, Aaron Rodgers decides he wants to continue to play, which I think he does. I think he's having. I think he's still too good of a player to walk away now. And, uh, you know, I think it's just a question of where he winds up. It sounds like the Packers want to move on, and, and I don't blame them. Yeah, I, I don't either. I think, you know, he, it, it's certainly going to be a change. And when we talk about change, you know, you're really close with Mike McCarthy. You, 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 Brian Schottenheimer, you played for Marty. Talk to us a little bit about where you think this Cowboy offense will look differently with Mike being the play caller and Brian being the offensive influencer. That's a great question, Mike. You know, I, it's interesting, you know, Mike and I – Mike was my quarterback coach for four years. When I got done playing, I did Packer preseason games for 13 years. I spent quite a bit of time up in Green Bay and even being out in the practice field and having conversations with Mike. And one of the things I always liked about Mike is he was a really good play caller. I mean, okay, people say, well, he had Aaron Rodgers, but he's a really good play caller. And at one point, he gave that away. And uh, he gave it to Tom Clements. And he took it back about four games into that season. And he told me, he said, it's the biggest mistake he ever made. And because he couldn't control the tempo and, and the pace of the game, you know, he, he took that out of his hands. I think when he went to Dallas, he wasn't given the option to be, you know, he said, I think Jerry Jones said, you're going to be the head coach, but we're going to keep this coordinator, Kellen Moore, who I like, and you're going to, we're going to make him call plays. It's either take it or leave it. I think Mike took it. I don't think he was ever totally comfortable with Kellen Moore. I think this was, I think, you know, when you have two back-to-back seasons that the Cowboys had where they really played well, just didn't play well in the postseason, but had good regular seasons. I mean, heck, you know, I think they won 12 games this year with a, with the, and, and they, they went four and one with a backup quarterback in, in Cooper Rush. So I think, you know, Mike's earned a little street cred with the owner. And so the owner's going to let him, you know, call the plays and bring and, and promote Brian Schottenhammer. Brian and Mike speak the same language. You know, they have that same history, that West Coast philosophy. And I think, I think, I think it's a good thing for Mike. Mike, I'd say this. If I'm going to go down, if I'm going to get fired, I want to get fired under my terms. I want to get yep. fired with, with the play sheet in my hand. You know what I mean? I don't want yep. to, not that I don't trust people around me, but if I'm going to get – this is it. And, I, and by the way, we've got to get the quarterback right. He ain't right. If you watch what he did last year, 15 interceptions in, uh, in 12 games or whatever it was, led the league – some three picks or three pick sixes in four weeks. I mean, just a decision making. That's got me concerned, and I think that's that's the first order of business: getting Dak Prescott uh, back up on the horse, playing like he's capable of. Yeah, I mean, not to interrupt uh, Patrick, but I think you no, know please. you haven't played the position. You, you really almost need one guy talking to you all the time. And when you have a head coach who's a play caller, and then you have Kellen Moore who's a play caller, there can be some disconnect in the conversation, you know. And there's a little bit of room. Like when you played for Gruden, you were the only, even though Mark Tressman was on the staff, the only one talking to you was Gruden. That's correct. And, and, and Michael, you've been around it long enough. The, the lines of communication are so critically important. And if you have two schools of thought, you have two people. I'll give you a great example. When I was in Kansas City, Paul Hackett was the offense coordinator. Mike McCarthy was the quarterback coach. If I went to Mike with a question, the answer would be almost verbatim in terms of almost exactly how Paul would say it. If Mike didn't know exactly how Paul wanted it said, he'd say to me, let me check with Paul and get back to you. There, there was, there was, there was there's no indecision. I just think when you watch Dak Prescott, there's indecision. You have to ask yourself, where is it coming from? Are, are the two people that are, that are in his ear, are they speaking the same language? Is it the same conversation? Or there's a different schools of thought? I, I think it was a brilliant move on the part of Mike to be able to say, hey, look, we're going to make, they make, by the way, they made a number of changes to the offensive staff. They replaced the running backs coach and a couple other players, uh, coaches as well. Mike's taking control of it. I think it's a good thing. 
Getting such good information, talking quarterbacks with a pretty good one. Rich Gannon here on a Sunday edition of the Lombardi Line. So Derek Carr is moving on. The numbers are prolific, Rich. Where are you on Carr? Is Carr a guy you can win a championship with? I'm not so sure. You know, by the way, every time I say something about Derek Carr, it becomes like national news, certainly news in Las Vegas. And I've been very supportive of this guy. I think there's a lot of things to like with Derek Carr. The, the bottom line, though, guys, is what I can't get over is, you know, you just look at the numbers. And I think we can evaluate it as quarterbacks by our one loss record. He's 63 and 79 as a starting quarterback for the Raiders in nine seasons. He's never taken his team to a division title. And I just don't always, I just don't think he all of a sudden switch teams and all of a sudden become some championship caliber player. I just don't know that that's been in his DNA for the first nine seasons. So I would simply say that the guy's got a lot of talent. I mean, if we put him in street clothes and we worked him out, and we, you know, we, we, um, you, you know, we, we put him through like a combine test. You'd all, you'd all would just jump up and down and, and say, Hey, this is the guy we want. But I think once you get him under center and you get some pressure around him in a congested pocket, he's not necessarily the same guy. And I think that's the biggest challenge with their car. Physically, he's got a lot of talent. Very smart player, very competitive player. It's a question of it's just a question of building a really good offensive line, a good running game around him, and a good defense. He hasn't really had that in his career in, in with the Raiders. I mean, the defense has never been very good there. This year, it's probably one of the better offensive supporting casts that he's had, and he had a disappointing finish to the season. So, he's going to make him. Don't feel sorry for him though. He's going to he's going to hit the jackpot. He's going to make a lot of money. Uh, this offseason, there's going to be a team out there. There's so many teams, as you guys know, there's 10 or 12 teams right now that need help at the quarterback position. Certainly the Jets are one of them. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt he's going to, you know, and I, and I think he's going to have to pick the right spot, Rich. I mean, he goes to a team with a really good offensive line and a running game, and he's almost got to be the support, supporting player. He's not going to carry a team to the playoffs. He's got to be the role player, and he's got to make plays off script. Michael, think about this. The teams that are in the market for quarterbacks aren't, ex- aren't exactly playoff caliber teams. These are all teams that have issues for a reason. And I just think that some of them don't have very good offensive lines. Some of them don't have good receivers and tight ends. Some of them have an inexperienced head coach. Some of them are replacing the offensive coordinator. You know, that's the thing that where Derek, I think, is in a good position. He can kind of pick and choose where he wants to go. He's got to figure out what is the best best situation for me. Is it New Orleans with a pretty good defense, some players that they're on, on the offensive side of the ball that, that are pretty good players in terms of the running back, the receivers, Michael Thomas, if he can ever come back and be a healthy contributor. But I think to me, if I'm advising him, first thing I would tell him to do is this. Pick up the phone and call two people. Call Tom Brady and call Peyton Manning. They've been through this. Rich Gannon. Awesome. Nobody better. That's a great way to start a Sunday, Rich. Enjoy your day. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Thanks so much, Rich. Appreciate it. Have a great day. See you guys. See you guys. All right. That is, uh, guys, prepared, opinionated, and did a great job from the quarterback carousel to the coaching carousel next right here on the Lombardi line. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, VSIN pros, become one now. When you do, you get the pro tools and the most popular pro tool, of course, the betting splits. You get the latest betting splits on every game, any sport. Find out which games are seeing the most tickets written, odds, data, and analysis for every game. Start your next sports bet at vsin.com. Remember, right now, introductory offer $9.99. You become a pro. You get everything, including the betting splits. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe to grab the splits as we welcome you back. A Sunday edition of the Lombardi line. Of course, he's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. This is vcin, the sports betting network. We just talked to Rich Gannon. So let's talk head coaching hires and some of the odds here. We'll go to Jonathan Gannon from one Gannon to the next. It's interesting. So we were just discussing this during the break, Michael. So Gannon has already hired his O.C., a gentleman by the name of Drew Petzing, who was a Minnesota Viking and Cleveland Brown former assistant, and he's hired his defensive coordinator. He took him with him from the Eagles linebacker coach. His name is Nick Rollis. He's the new D.C. down with the Cardinals. He's 29 years old. So Gannon filling out his coaching staff there. Well, I mean, I think Petzik is a guy that was with us in Cleveland. He started in Cleveland his career when I was there in 13, uh, was part of what Shane Steichen on that staff there. So, you know, a lot of guys from that Cleveland staff moved on up. But, but I think when you look at this Rallis situation, this is clearly Gannon's going to run the defense. And he wants somebody who's going to be in the room speaking the same language that he would speak when he's as acting as the head coach. I fully expect Gannon to call the game. I fully expect Gannon to set the game plan. But I think he, by hiring Rallis, he gives him somebody he trusts, somebody who knows the system, to basically have the same voice in those rooms when he's not there. It makes sense from that standpoint. Obviously, Philadelphia would let him go because they didn't have to they could have blocked him from moving but this is a great opportunity for Rallis. 200 to 1 Super Bowl odds 100 to 1 conference for the Cardinals Jonathan Gannon year 1 Saint with Jude's. The cards of course St. Jude's <laughs> that is it's a rebuilding situation however we've got him talking about his quarterback he says look I got a franchise quarterback so uh look forward to working with the players that was very appealing to me. Some of the guys that we have on board right now, not too many times you take over a, a team and you have a franchise quarterback. So that was very appealing. And I'll head some of this stuff off right now as we talk before we get to questions and things like that. But just know this, we're going to be very adaptable. This is, I'm talking the Arizona Cardinals. This is what our team's going to be. We're going to be adaptable. We're going to be violent. We're going to be explosive and we're going to be smart. And all three phases go into that. And we will maximize the talents of the players that we have. And that's how we're going to win games. And don't get it twisted. We're going to win games. 
Yo, don't get it twisted. I'm not a body language expert, Michael Lombardi, but when he talked about Kyler Murray, did you notice he got nervous and he shifted in his seat? That's the one time that he moved during that conversation. So he says he's got a franchise quarterback with your boy, Kyler Murray. Well, I mean, typically he's right. When you have a franchise quarterback, the jobs don't open. I mean, you know, the reason Jacksonville opened up is because, you know, Trevor Lawrence wasn't a franchise quarterback. He was a franchise prospect. He wasn't a franchise quarterback. I think it's wrong to categorize Murray as a franchise player, but they paid him that way, so they have to talk that language. I think he's going to find out. You know, he worked, he, he defended against them. He played against them. You know, he should know him as well as anybody having studied him. But, you know, the rhetoric that he used is the rhetoric he needs to use. That's how he got the job. He needed to be able to spy into whoever was going to become the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals was going to have to buy into Murray. They weren't, they weren't coming in after giving all that money away to, with somebody who said, I don't like the guy. You know, you're going to have to work around it. You're going to have to make the best of the situation, and certainly he's going to do that. I think it'll be fascinating how he approaches it. I agree with everything he said other than the franchise quarterback. This will be a hard job because not only do you have to fix him as a player, You've got to find a way to make him connect to his teammates. You've got to find a way to create a culture in that building that he doesn't disrupt, right? So typically when you've got a player that alienates himself from the rest of the team like Murray does, and he happens to be a really talented player like Murray, you have to invoke the Hoosier rule, what I call the law of threes. You almost have to ignore him, and he's in group three, and focus on all the people in group one, which are the ones who are willing to do what it takes to do, and ignore him. That's hard to do when he's your starting quarterback, right? That's hard to do. That's hard to ignore the guy. I mean, I, I can remember when Plexico Burroughs played for the Giants, and he was trying to be disruptive with Tom Coughlin. They just ignored him, and Coughlin focused on the players who wanted to work, and all of a sudden, before the end of the year, Burris was kind of bought into that. The reason I cite Hoosiers is that's what my the favorite coach of all time, Norman Dale, did. He invoked the law of threes. He didn't mess around with Jimmy Chitwood. He didn't want to play good. Don't, go shoot on the backyard. No, I don't care if you don't play. The townspeople care, just like Michael Bidwell cares about Murray. But you have to be almost indifferent. That's a hard thing to do when it's the quarterback. Well, Jonathan Gannon says, don't get it twisted. We've got a franchise quarterback with the Cardinals. The dismantling of the Eagles coaching staff continues. So Gannon, the D.C., goes to the Cardinals to take the head coaching job. Head ball coach with the Colts is the former offensive coordinator with the Eagles, Shane Steichen. Let me ask you, before we get into Steichen and the hire, he doesn't have a franchise quarterback. He literally doesn't have a quarterback. Who's got the better job, Cardinals job or the Colt job? Do you you like Gannon's situation or Steichen's situation better? I, I like I like Steichen because he doesn't have an investment in a quarterback. So he can still build a team, and now it's his job with he thinks of his talent to find the quarterback, to develop a quarterback, to find somebody who fits what he wants to do. Yeah, it doesn't look perfect, but he at least has the, the palette to paint the picture the way he wants to, whereas in Arizona – You've got to fix the pitcher. It's hard. It's like when Belichick walks into Cleveland in 91 and Bernie Kosar's sitting there, and everybody thinks Bernie Kosar's great. And then you realize after two or three years that, that what you thought isn't true. Then all of a sudden you barely hang on to your job when that gets to the point. The misevaluation from within creates coaches to lose their job, especially when people are so unrealistic about what Murray can do. I mean, if you just study the tape and watch him and you look at what he was able to accomplish this year, it was not very good, you know, and we kept talking about it all year long. And it wasn't that, you know, yeah, those plays are great and and everybody wants to blame poor Cliff Kingsbury, but it wasn't just always Cliff, you know, when you look at it, he's in the, he's in that Russell Wilson category where he did not play well. I mean, when you look at the quarterback efficiency from ones to week eight, I mean, Murray, uh, Murray is in the in the quadrant where Justin Fields is, Carson Wentz, Davis Mills, Mayfield. That's where he is. Shane Steichen did a great job with Jalen Hurts. Here's the new Colts head coach talking about what he's looking for in a quarterback. Yeah, I think accuracy, uh, decision-making, and the ability to create are the three things that uh, I look at in a quarterback. Um, I think those all three things are very important. But obviously, above the neck, I think the you know the players that I've been around, Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert and Philip Rivers, uh, they all have one thing in common: they're obsessed with their craft. Uh, and if you can find that uh, in a quarterback, you're probably going to have some success. 
Gannon and Steichen have the same vibe. They kind of both seem pretty intense. They both were in ill-fitting suits, and they're both new head coaches. That's where <laughs> Gannon is. Or do you the do fashion, you know anything? The fashion or, critique. Yeah. The, yeah. Do, do you do Shane you know anything in, of? What's that? I, he was with us in Cleveland. He and Petzik were on that same staff in Cleveland. With North Turner as the offensive coordinator. Sean, uh, I mean Scott Turner was the quarterback coach. Steichen was an assistant. Was was like a and and Petzik was like a quality control coach. So yeah, they were all there together. And uh, it was uh, you know I mean look, he's got a challenge. He's got to find the right guy that fits what he wants to do. And I think his search is going to lead him. All right, so he said accuracy is the number one thing. Well, that could eliminate Anthony Richardson, right? You know that mm-hmm. certainly would put Bryce Young in play. But, you know, as you go through this, he's got to find somebody. Is he going to be a West Coast or a North Turner offense, or is he going to be the six-back offense? That's a hard thing to do, especially considering that, you know, Justin Fields has a hard time staying healthy in the six-back attack. Uh, Hertz didn't. Now, whether in, we know Hertz missed games. So, you know, you got to be careful here which way you want to go in this situation. So the Colts are sitting for Michael. Uh, in the draft, they may have to move up if they want to grab one of those top two or three. Remember, it's Levis, Stroud, and Young in whatever order you want to put them in. The Bears and Cardinals are potentially trade-down partners, so it'll be interesting to see what the Colts do sitting there at four. Yeah, I mean, I think the Colts are still in I think the Colts are still in the, the discovery phase. You know, I think that, that they have to look at this and be honest with themselves and see if they want to, you know, where they want to go and what they need. I think you saw Ballard when he, when Ursay was talking, Ballard was, was shifting the focus towards trade down because I don't think that, I don't get the sense there's this slam dunk quarterback in the draft. I know the media thinks there is, but I don't get the sense that's the case. Okay, head coaching hires. I don't know if we'll give them a grade, but we'll continue. Those are the two assistants from the Eagles. Gannon to the Cardinals, Steichen to the Colts. When we return, of course, we'll get to D'Amico Ryans, the new head ball coach there with the Texans. Of course, Frank Reich with the Panthers. And a big splash, Sean Payton to the Broncos. We'll come back, talk about their Super Bowl and conference odds, and get Michael Lombardi's take as we continue along here on a Sunday edition of the Lombardi Line. Make sure you check us out, vcin.com. The vcin Daily is up. It's free. Go to vcin.com and enter your email address. Coming back with the head coaches next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on vcin, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, you want us to handicap college basketball, NBA, every sport essentially on the board? Become a VEASAN Pro, and right now you can do it for $9.99. That's an introductory offer. We've never done it cheaper. Pro tools, pro picks, pro tips, Michael Lombardi exclusive articles, everything we offer, including the guides, they're all there. Go check them out. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for $9.99 right now. And speaking of the NBA, our buddy JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, will join coming up in about 14 minutes to talk NBA All-Star betting and, of course, the second half of the season, which really is like a third of the season as the All-Star game yeah. is so far into man, the season. How about our man Thomas Gable yesterday just saying, take it, Alabama's going to destroy Georgia, and that wasn't even close. That was, I mean, and most of the they time we want to take the points. Yeah, they won by 50. So, you know, great newsletter today by Bill A.D. I, I urge everybody to sign up for it. You Not only do you get betting tips from the, the great one, the, the, the wordsmith that he is from his laptop, but also you get wonderful picks. And I think Brett Musburger, I thought I learned something today from Brett Musburger's column that he wrote about uh, there's always three plays in a game. George Allen told Brent years ago that that if you could change the game would have changed right and so you know that that's always you know I, I never heard it put like that and it was really well done and it was a well-written article daily newsletter we call it the vsin daily go check it out for free right now enter your email address at vsin.com okay we're talking head coaches mm-hmm. so we'll go through these two pretty quickly and get to sean payton he's got an interesting situation with the quarterback frank reich he shouldn't be the head coach in Carolina. That should be Steve Wilkes. I'll just say that. 55-1 to one to win the Super Bowl, 22-1 to one to win the conference. Reich in with the Panthers. What are your thoughts on him getting another shot here? 
I mean, we're going to use the same sentence we used in Indianapolis. Can Frank fix the quarterback? You know, that's what we, you know, when Frank went there, he had Andrew Luck, and then Andrew Luck retired, and now can Frank fix the quarterback in Carolina? You know, the team around Carolina, I think, can be pretty good if they get another rusher to go alongside of of Burns. I mean, had they kept Hassan Riddick, remember, they let Riddick go because yeah. they thought they were going to sign Watson. They they, they, did, they wanted to protect their, their cap and their cash flow, so... They lose out on one of their better players. So I think that's going to be critical. I think he's got to fix the quarterback. He's got a good defense. And, look, the South is up for grabs. I mean, Steve Wilkes is a helmet kept on, an extra point made, and a field goal made from winning the whole thing. So they're close. Yeah, I totally agree. That is – it's a team that's kind of fertile. Again, missing a quarterback. We shall see. Reich with the Panthers. D'Amico Ryans, a really bright, up-and-coming Head coach, of course, defensive coordinator there with the 49ers, flips it into the job with the Texans. Uh, Nick Casario gets another, takes another swing at the head coaching pinata Three. and hires D'Amico Ryan. He's over. He's 0 for 2, and I mean, I think this might be, I don't know if I've ever been around, I've been in the league almost 40 years now, I don't know if I've ever seen uh, a, a team go through one-and-done coaches like they have, you know, two in a row. I, I mean, I've seen it happen once, I've seen it happen a lot one time where a guy goes in and he just is not a head coach and you got to make a change, but I think when you look at that, uh, I think you clearly see the case of, of now D'Amico's got a chance to build his program the way he wants to. And Nick's got to be the guy that adjusts. It, it has been that everybody, Nick wants everybody to adjust to him. And for him to create that alignment, he's going to have to adjust. I think it's a challenging job. But look, the one thing is, is if you're D'Amico Ryans, you got a six-year contract, you're not going to get fired. No. <laughs> you can't. After you fire two one-and-dones, D'Amico Ryans has more job security than Bill Belichick at this point, right? Because it's just human nature. You can't be moving yeah, on no after doubt. you just did that twice in a row. At, so, Casario, at, at some point, at some point, you got to let it. At some point, you're going to have to let it stick and see how it works out. You got to let it marinate a little bit. Now, yeah. Sean Payton. Congratulations to Sean Payton. He had he had his media duties. That's why we saw him there in Phoenix, Radio Row, still with Fox, but. He has taken on the head coaching position there with the Broncos. Here's an interesting conversation or clip we have from Peyton talking about the quarterback. What is it they they do well and let's have them do those things. Um, None of us want to go. I I don't like singing, period, but none of us want to be at a karaoke bar with a song we don't know the words to. So how do we how do we get them comfortable and highlight their strengths? And and that's the process that's going to begin right now is. Is is I'm learning about every one of these players, not just Russell. Okay, yeah, I but mean that is the big conversation: Russ, Russell Wilson uh, and Sean Payton. I mean, look, he he's got to figure out what Russell can do. Then he's got to figure out will Russell do it. Right? It's one thing to say, Russ, you got to do this. It's another thing for Russ to say, okay, I'm all in. And Russ is at a crossroads. But the problem is, Russ is going to get paid whether he buys in or doesn't. I mean, this is about pride now for, and Sean's going to demand it. I mean, Sean's going to demand it, and and much lo- and he's going to give it the year. I think that what Josh McDaniels tried to do when he went to New- went to Las Vegas this year was to see if I could fix the problem with Carr. Can I create this right? Everybody thinks that it's McDaniels that made the change on Carr. I I think if you talk to anybody who's been in that organization since Carr's been there, there's been strong feeling that they needed to move on from Carr. From the top down, not just from the coach. And, the, and remember, they were about an inch away from signing Tom Brady. Gruden shot that deal down. Gruden was the one. The owner wanted to do Everybody wanted to do it. And at the last minute, Gruden pivoted and turned it down. Even though he was frustrated with what Carr could do at times. So there's a lot of – so you give it the year, and all of a sudden now we see where it goes. And I think that's ultimately uh, – I think that's ultimately what you're going to see happen. And Sean Payton comes with credibility. So it was interesting to see Sean Payton there at the Super Bowl with a random offensive lineman he was eating dinner with. No, I'm just playing. He was eating dinner with Russell Wilson because he's got to coddle Russell Wilson and he's got to play Russell Wilson's games. And that's going to be interesting to see how those two coexist, no? Yeah, I I mean, look, it's going to be... The, I mean, Sean is quarterback-friendly coach. I mean, 
Drew Brees had a lot of power and a lot of say. I mean, they didn't, you know, Drew Brees took forever to get to the bus. I mean, practice didn't start until Drew was health ready to go. I mean, Sean's not like, oh, my God, he's going to be dicked. But he also has to have things that, that he can count on Russell doing effectively. Now, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see who he hires as his defensive coordinator. A lot of conversation about Rex Ryan. I think if they pay Rex, Rex will do it. If they don't want to pay Rex the kind of money that Vic Fangio's getting and Dan Quinn's getting and all these other coaches are getting, then he won't do it. I mean, this is a money game for, 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 for Rex. So that's going to be the interesting – because they've got talent on defense. I mean, they've got good players. They've got talent. If you could dress up that offense with creativity, which, which Sean will do, but we haven't seen Sean's staff come into play yet. I mean, he's still trying to put together the staff, whether it's going to be some guys from New Orleans or some guys from outside. Yeah, Evero, the former defensive coordinator with the Broncos, is now Reich's defensive coordinator down in Carolina. So there is an opening there. Rex Ryan, Vance Joseph name, of course, the Cardinals let him go and Gannon let him go. Vance Joseph, who is the former head coach there with the Broncos, would be interesting potentially as the defensive coordinator as well. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, now Vance, I heard, was in Philly. Then I heard yesterday he's not involved with Philly. So, you know, he's going to end up somewhere. Could he go back to Denver as an assistant? That's always hard when you've been the head coach there, you know, that you walk back. But the building's completely different, right? The building's completely different. But I still think that's a hard thing to do. You generally get five to seven new head coaches a year or openings a year. The Broncos this year go Peyton, Cardinals go Gannon, Colts go Steichen, Panthers Reich, Texans go Ryans, Ryans, D'Amico. I I don't want to ask you, give you a grade here, but is there one that stands out? Peyton, obviously, let's leave him aside. Is there a hire that stands out that really uh, impresses you here? Well, I mean, look, it's they're all young coaches. I mean, other than Frank Wright, I mean, they're all young. And I think to me, you know, Wright should be the guy with his experience, his ability to coach offense, and their defense being really kind of good enough. I mean, he's not walking into a team devoid. I mean, remember, Wright's taking over a team that's one play away from getting to the playoffs. So he should be the guy you could think could turn this thing around. I think Gannon has an uphill battle. I think Steichen's got to get the quarterback right. But the defense and special teams are fairly good in Indianapolis. If they can fix the offensive line, which was their strength at one time, and get any play out of the quarterback, they've got a chance. D'Amico's got a long way to go. He's got to find a quarterback. He's got to develop more offensive linemen, and they've got to build a team. It's going to take him a little bit of time. I like what you said about Steichen with Indianapolis as opposed to Gannon with the Cardinals. You almost want to have that empty palette. You almost want to paint your own picture as opposed to come in in Kyler Murray, the situation there where the picture's already painted and you got to work around it. Yeah, I mean, look, he he can pick his, you know, when you don't have a quarterback, people want you to get one and you have a chance to kind of rebuild it, you know, so you can pick the quarterback that you want to build around. And I think that I would I would fully expect Sean Payton to draft a quarterback this year, too. I think I would fully expect Sean Payton to sign a quarterback somewhere in this in free agency that he likes as the backup. He's going to want to put pressure on Russell Wilson. This isn't going to be a Russ. We'll do whatever you want. So Sean Payton talked about karaoke. Do you have a go-to karaoke song when you walk into a karaoke joint? What's your <laughs> no, karaoke go-to? I don't know if it's I've ever be been in a karaoke place. Oh yeah, well, I, you know, you can get me going. I don't even need the, I don't even need the monitor on that. I can sing them just right out loud, Patrick. What, what would be, what would give me one Springsteen song you would sing? Come on, give me one. I mean, I go, well, give me. You tell me. I go racing in the street, Thunder Road. I mean, whatever you want, Patrick. I can get it. We're coming back with JVT NBA next here at Lombardi Line. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, attention BetMGM customers. If you have a friend who loves sports as much as you do, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 in bonuses when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. So you sign into your BetMGM account, you click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state as you in BetMGM. Once your friend signs up, make a deposit, they get $50, you get $50, simpatico, everybody's happy. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions must be 21 years of age or older. All promotions are subject to qualification, eligibility requirements, reward issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet. 1-800-GAMBLER, if you have an issue, 21 years or older, promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Refer a friend over at BetMGM. Speaking of friends, we're going to be joined by our buddy Jonathan Von Tobel, our expert here at VEASAN when it comes to the association. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. This is the Lombardi Line. As we say hi to JVT, he's still, I don't know if he slept after Mac McClung in the slam dunk contest and Damian Lillard. Also, as the All-Star game is tonight, JVT, maybe you can help us understand. They're going to choose their teammates, so the teams won't even be configured until like an hour oh. before tip-off, correct? Jeez, oh, man. Yeah, yeah like it's doing like the, the schoolyard thing. But the lame part about it is I could actually get behind it. If they were actually doing it like normal, they're picking the reserves first so they don't hurt anybody's feelings, uh, which is really lame, <laughs> right? Like the whole point of picking teams is that it's like the last two guys, and you're sitting there like, oh, right, man, right. I guess we'll take Tom. Uh, so yes, that is what they are doing today. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it, it's unbelievable. How about our man Mac from the Seventy Sixers? Do you think? Uh, do you think they'll, they'll? First of all, he would. He's in a death zone. He'll never play. Doc would never put him on the court, no matter how high he jumps or how how well he dunks the ball. So you could forget about that. But you know, I mean, does the guy have a future as a player in the NBA? I, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure, Michael. Like he's been bouncing around, right? The developmental league and the G League. He's been getting two ways, and he hasn't really broken through. Like I, like generally in the NBA, I, if you have game, right? If there's something about your game that teams can use, they'll find you and they'll use you. I mean, you look around the league, and there's a lot of guys who have G League backgrounds who ultimately made it to a team, got another deal, or whatever it was. I mean, look at my guy, Christian Wood, right? Former UNLV running rebel. And his journey, if you've got something to offer a team, they'll find you. And I, I just don't know if Mac McClung has that outside of, you know, some hops and the ability to win a dunk contest in which no popular player wanted to enter. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know true. what's funny about that? We kind of have three generations. They don't even want to dunk it, Patrick. The NBA guys no, don't know, even but... want to put the I – mean, it's unbelievable. So you're like a Dr. J guy, Michael. My generation was Jordan. I'm guessing JVT was like Vince Carter. I have to tell you, fellas, I didn't even go look at the replay, Michael. I didn't even go watch the dunks. Like, that's no. how little I'm interested right now in the dunk well, contest. 
Patrick, I'll give you one. Uh, I stopped watching after the three point contest. I actually didn't know Mac McClung had won until this morning. Like, <laughs> like I would, and you- I would love. <laughs> But the ratings were afterwards because, like, I, I honestly, I'm surprised they used the dunk contest last still, right? Like, that's supposed to be your main event, but nobody watches it anymore. Right. I think everybody tunes in for the skills and the three-point because it's an actual athletic event. And then after that, you kind of just tune out. At least that's what I did. Yeah, I think you're on to something. Yeah. It, it, hey, JVT, it's, uh, it's, I, I was ahead, asking Mike. somebody, a coach in the league yesterday, I said, who's going to win the West? And they, I said, is Denver going to win the West? And the comment I got back was, they don't have enough bench to win the West. Do you agree with that? Uh, you know, I, I agree that Denver, Michael, is, I think, a flawed, like, one seed overall. But for me, my problem is, I just don't know what they're going to do when they match up with some of these teams that have, like, a lot of size and athleticism along the wing, right? Like, I, I think they really... Like, for example, if they face the uh, Phoenix Suns, who's guarding Kevin Durant, right? There's, there's nobody really on that roster that is suited to guard Kevin Durant. And there's nobody in the NBA who's going to shut Kevin Durant down. But if you look at amongst the contenders in the NBA, right, we can at least pick and choose guys who you would feel comfortable throwing on to Kevin Durant, right? Let's stay in the Western Conference, Draymond Green for the Golden State Warriors, Kawhi Leonard for the Los Angeles Clippers. In, in the Eastern Conference, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, at least have some size to match up with them. Giannis Antetokounmpo if you need to, Chris Middleton. Like, if you go around the NBA, there's a whole bunch of teams that have at least some size and athleticism and defense along the wing to handle a guy like that. For, for Denver, it's Aaron Gordon and really not that much else that you're going to trust. So, like, I thought they made a really big mistake in kind of standing pat at the trade deadline. I was talking to people that I know who cover the Nuggets out in Denver. I thought they should put a full-court press out there for, for a Mikhail Bridges type, an OG and an OB, whatever it was, to go and kind of match the arms race that was happening in that conference, and they didn't do it. So, like, I think their, their depth is a question because if they just don't have Jokic on the floor, it's a problem. But I'm more concerned about who's playing defense along the wing for them because I don't really think they have it. Okay, I'll ask the question so Michael doesn't have to of JVT, of course. VEASAN host, Hardwood Handicappers, the best NBA pod in the business. The Clippers, they're sixth on the board right now at 13-1. to Where are you on the 76ers, JVT? Clippers or 76ers? I said Clippers to start, and it ended with 76ers. Let's go 76ers here. Uh, so, I mean, Michael might laugh at me, but I, it's a good number. I've got 24 to 1 on that team to win the NBA Finals, and I bet it about like a month or two ago. They're up to like 13. St. Jude's. St. Jude's. <laughs> I got the president of St. Jude's. Uh, he came, was on our show. I'm going to I'm gonna hook you two up. I want you to send that bet right to him because it's never coming through. But continue, please. Okay, all right. Hey, well, guess what? Like I said, it's a good number, right, compared to where the market is right now. Uh, but I yeah. would say, look, I, I really like Philadelphia. Uh, I, I like what, what the offense brings when you have Joel Embiid and James Harden on the floor together. It's an elite offensive rating amongst the best of the NBA uh, in comparison with, like, the Los Angeles Clippers when they have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the floor together, when they have uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, their uh, small ball lineup out there with Giannis. Like, it's a really good net rating. It's a really good offensive rating. However, I would understand some trepidation because, one, James Harden has a checkered pass in terms of performance in the playoffs. And we don't know if Joel Embiid's going to make it through the postseason. He's even made comments, right, about how he wants to get into a postseason and not suffer some sort of freak injury that's going to limit his time. He's complaining about playing in the All-Star game because of this foot and ankle injury that he has suffered that has bothered him throughout the entire regular season. So I would understand why anybody would have some issues with not believing what Philly is. And I, I do think that there is like a line of demarcation in the East, right? It's Boston, it's Milwaukee, there's that line, and then there's Philly. But I, I don't think, Patrick, that we should be surprised if in a best-of-seven series they are able to match up and win one of those series against the Milwaukee or Boston because they do have the talent. Their depth is great. This, this lineup that they've unlocked with Anthony Melton along with James Harden and Joel Embiid is really, really good. The fact that Tyrese Maxey is comfortable coming off of the bench to give them some, some scoring pop is a really good dynamic to have. The coaching is an issue when you get to a best-of-seven series. But I think when you were talking about buying low earlier in the year, when I was talking about it, like 25 to one, where they bottomed out, that was worth it. At this point right now, you're just kind of sitting back and waiting and seeing if the market dips again to buy in on them, I think. Mm-hmm. Jokic minus 250. He's going to win another one, JVT. And it's almost like, uh, it, you know, a tree falls in the forest. Does it make a sound? Does Jokic make a sound nationally? <laughs> I, I think he does. Like, I think, and I do think, like, when you're talking about, like, the marketability, like, yes, is he going to be on commercials or whatnot? Uh, no, probably not. He's not going to be like a big, like a Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't think Disney Plus is rushing to make a series about uh, Nikola Jokic like they did 
with Giannis after he won his NBA Finals championship. But I do think that he is a guy like Patrick. We'll put it this way: generally, you see this voter fatigue that we talk about, right? Like ever, like for Giannis, for mm-hmm. example, there's an argument that Giannis should have three straight MVPs. That hasn't happened with Jokic. It's almost like the opposite has happened. It's almost like the masses have come more around to how good Nikola Jokic is as his time has come along, as opposed to kind of getting tired of the greatness and expecting more of him. And he's, by the way, he's answered the bell. Like His numbers are better every single year. It's incredible what he's been able to do. So I would say, like, he deserves it. But I'll say this. So he goes up to minus 250 after that straw poll, right, that Tim Bontemps releases. Joel Embiid was third on that thing. Giannis Antetokounmpo was second, and yet the market didn't shift on their prices. Joel Embiid is still second. Giannis, you can still find in the range of 8-1. to one. If you don't have anything, if you want to get into the fray, I would say that this thing's really not over yet and that Giannis should probably be higher on the board in terms of odds than Joel Embiid, and yet he's not. And that's nice. that might be something for anybody who doesn't have an MVP ticket worth buying into. I agree with that. I think Giannis is, I mean, I don't know how Embiid, I mean, especially if they are the third or the fourth seed. I mean, like, seriously, I, I thought the MVP propels you to the, like, the this level that people have a hard time getting, which Jokic does, even though, as we talked earlier in this block, they may be a flawed one seed, but at least they are the one seed. Yeah, and I, Michael, I think that's kind of changing a little bit the last few years, right? Like, Russell Westbrook, however many years ago, wins MVP. I think they were a six seat that year, if I remember correctly. Uh, last year with uh, Nikola Jokic, they were they were not outside or they were outside the top four in terms of their seating as well. So, like, I think we're starting to see them like the voters come around to greatness is greatness, right? Maybe there's like a threshold. Maybe you can't finish any lower than six. We haven't really seen that. Uh, but I would say that I think voters are starting to come around a little bit too. The seed doesn't matter as much if we're talking about like a top six type of guy, as long as your resume is good enough. JVT, the Suns shortened up big time with KD. Give us 30 seconds on where JVT stands on the Suns. Uh, I think they're overrated. I think they're going to be really good, Patrick, but to put them ahead of Milwaukee, to put them at the top of the Western Conference, when I think teams like Los Angeles, the Clippers, and Warriors match up pretty well with them, I think it's a little too much. He is the Great best job, in the biz when it comes to breaking down the NBA. Hardwood handicappers, of course, VEASAN host Jonathan Von Tobel. Also a Sadiq Bay super fan. So make sure you go give him a follow. Thank you, JVT. Enjoy your Love Sunday. Love JVT. Thank you, buddy. All right, there he goes. Sadiq Bay super fan, JVT. When we come back, the state of the organization, Philadelphia Eagles look to rebound from the Super Bowl loss. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.